coming at you from Scratch Your Wolf Studio. It's that time again to rage across the internet. It's your very favorite World of the Apocalypse podcast. As always, I'm your host, Porter. To my left, a man who rode in on a horse with no name, Mr. Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. To my right, the cause of that sucking sound, Mr. Tommy Dixon. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, guys? (laughs) What's up, gentlemen? Hey. You invited that one, by the way. (laughs) That's fine. Ah, it was perfect. (laughs) Happy podcast day. Happy podcast day. And hey, you know what? It's just the three of us today. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. (laughs) I like having the special guests. It's always fun to hang out. That's why I'm booing. But they're not special if they're always here. That's true. They're all special. Well, they're special in our hearts and minds. They're very, very special. But today it's the trio of us. So how about that? That's still good. Still a good time. Yeah, well, here's yours open. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've got a we got a show though. Yes, yeah, uh, and sometimes we have to make a show as we go along. We got a show today. We scripted a thing, little Kinda. bit, kind of, little bit. It, <laughs> it's time for another junk drawer. Yeah, but mm, we, we we said that we wanted to do some of those older episodes over again, and we're kind of combining that one with today's junk drawer. Because everyone loved the junk drawers. But today, we're going like the junk drawer, but like the newbie version? Question mark? You sound very unsure for someone who just stole the reins of the show. You shouldn't You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> this is the newbie version of junk drawer. We will answer but it's newbie questions. Junk drawer. So, we are answering newbie questions. Drawer. This yeah, is first the, timers edition. This is intro to werewolf questions yeah we have all right we've had an influx of newer people come to the discord that are just finding world of darkness and they've had a lot of questions obviously they've they've mostly been answered on the discord right but it was inspiring for us to say hey this is a great opportunity to and, and in fact we did is we we took some of those questions that were asked in the discord but we also went to people who um for example our friend cj who you guys got to meet last week he, um, his players in the Wild West game on our Discord, a lot of them are they're first timers. It's their first time playing, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, we went to them. We reached out and we said, "Hey, look, what are the questions that you have, or you know, that have been answered, or the stuff that you wished you would have asked when you started? Like now you know a little bit. What would you have wanted to know going in?" And so we asked them, we asked some of our mods, we asked some, we, you know, we asked all around and we got, I think, some pretty decent questions. Yeah. I, I like the ones that we did with what kind of questions would you have had before you started that you know now that you wish you knew when you started. It's, it's good stuff to know. It, it's stuff you generally don't think about, but it's useful for new players, new storytellers alike. And hey, what are we here for? So put on a show. That's true. Before we do. Oh. Um, I would like to say uh, a quick thank you to all of our backers out there. You guys rock. Yep. I mean, it's always true. We don't say it enough. Or maybe we say it. Uh, I don't know. No, we feel we, we don't say, say it enough. enough. So thank you. And if you are not a backer, you can be. Let me tell you about it. In our show notes uh, and on our website, we have a link to our Ko-Fi which is a, uh, it's like a PayPal alternative if you're not familiar with it. We, we, you know, our Patreon is gone. That's, the bad man's gone now. 
We've gone with Ko-Fi. It lets us, it lets us do more. Yeah. You know, we've got that guilty bundle up for sale uh, up on there for people. We're going to soon start with uh, maybe some MCC. We, we got stuff that can go on there that we, we can't do with pay, with uh, Patreon. But uh, we have our membership tiers. You know, Still, bottom of our hearts is a huge deal. It's appreciated regardless. Right. Like either way. And if you're not in a position to do that, you can get the word out, you know, word of mouth, ratings, reviews, bring people into the fold. That's what we're about here. Shares, likes, tell your friends. If this is your first show, this is what we do. We love this game. We're here to talk about this game. All aspects, storyteller, uh, player, theory, and advice, and you give it a name. And that's what we're here for. It's not the stuff that divides. It's the stuff that brings us together. And what brings us together is our love for Werewolf. Yeah, we fucking love this game. Right. And if you're hip to that, help. Please. You know, spread the signal. And thank you. Help us get stronger. Join our digital sept. Go to our website and uh, in our forums where you can get the link to our Discord. You can come and hang out with us. That's all free of charge. That you can just do. And the links to all that stuff, our Twitter, our Facebook, our YouTube, you give it a name, it's in the show notes. And again, you can get to our Ko-Fi, you can get to our store, you can get to all that from our website, rageacrosstheinternet.com. Dot com. Dot com. Boom. <laughs> A fucking echo. So without further ado, gentlemen, let's, let's get to some questions. Let's get some questions. All right. Daddy, what do you got for us? All right. Number one. The biggest question. Why werewolf? Why'd you say it weird? It's only two words. Just talk like a normal person. Why werewolf? Why werewolf? Werewolf. Why? <laughs> you know what? Why werewolf? Because werewolves are awesome. You're right. Well, they are. Um, werewolves are fucking badass. How do you not want to be a person who can change into a werewolf? Well, like for me, and it's not really the question, I don't think, uh, but you know, um, I've always been drawn to like that, that primal aspect that that savagery, you know, of, of a werewolf over mm-hmm. something like a vampire, but that's not really the answer to the question. No, but I, I'll, I'll kind of back you up on that and say like, you know, all the, uh, the movie monsters, if you will, growing up and all the different, possible bad guys or whatever it was. Yeah. Whether Bigfoot, werewolves, vampires, whatever. Werewolves were always my favorite. You don't want to be a dude in a hockey mask with a big sword or whatever. <laughs> you want to be a Frankenstein? No. You don't want to have a claw hand? No. I mean, this, that claw hand. Just, just a claw hand and you can only use it in dreams. Well, he's that, no. also a child molester, that so you too. probably don't want to be that no. already. Yeah, yeah, you no. don't want to be that. Danny, you don't want to diddle kids, right? No, okay. no, I don't. Okay. Thanks for asking. Tom? No, I'm good. All right. So this is a diddle-free zone here. Diddle-free diddle zone. Right. But it, it, That's important for you guys to know, too, is this is a diddle-free zone. But why werewolf? But, yes. Yes, I, I would love to answer that question. I think, I think it's more of why Apparently werewolf compared to any other part of the world of darkness. No, I understood the question. Oh, I'm s- He's trying to produce. <laughs> Again, this is the newbie version here. These are the newbies asking these questions. Right. Okay. Let, let them answer. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Right, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> Fucking let a man talk. <laughs> no, why werewolf? Uh, you know, there there are so many aspects to the game that, that you could look at, and, and I think it's easy to get lost in, in the fold of some of them. You know I mean? Werewolf is a game of savage horror. Certainly. 
Um, there, there are environmental tones to it, but this is not furry Captain Planet. Yeah, this is a game of savagery, but it's it's not murder hobos. You know, as you look in as you look in a werewolf the apocalypse, I mean, there, there is a lot of nuance. There's a lot of depth. Uh, the the struggle of adapting to a new world of learning that the the world you knew was a lie and discovering new truths, the the honor and yet the brutality, the, the duality in general of the Garo Nation, I, I think is is uh, crazy interesting. The the differences of the tribes, the spirituality, you know, um, dealing with the totem spirits and in this this new way of thinking, um, the auspices that the, the tribal alignments, um, how the, how their histories in the old uh, grudges and alliances and how that factors into things. But also as much as it is about savagery, as much as it is about horror as as bleak as it can be, as as savage as it can be, it's also about hope. And this is something I think people miss. A Garu is someone playing, you know, a character in that world. You know, you are thrust from a normal life into a, a war on a certain level, a personal hell. Mm Mm-hmm where, you know, you are forced to learn to fight and kill and and suffer and eventually die screaming, probably. I mean, that's what you are told, whether or not, you know, the fate of your character notwithstanding. You are told and prepared to die in the battlefield, but you're doing so to grant one more day that maybe your sacrifice pushes the apocalypse, the end of everything back a day or maybe a week or a year if you're lucky. Maybe you become the big damn hero and in, in the apocalypse is a decade away because of the actions that you did during your arguably short and unpleasant life. That kind of sacrifice, the honor, the glory in that, the love for one's pack, the love for one's tribe. There's a lot of fucking beauty in the game if you're looking at it right. I, I That's why love, for me. I fucking love it when you bring that up because it is and it's, as Garu, we're, it's, you have such a shorter lifespan now, and the apocalypse is coming. Yep. Not maybe. Right. Is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's coming. You have, And you have very little control of that. All you can do is try to stop it. And together, maybe you do, but only for so long. Together, being you know, your of, pack, of course. whatever the case, but it, I think you're right. I think that hope is such a big deal to this game, and I like how you, emphasis you put on it when you write your stories. It's a big deal, and it helps bring that to life. Well, thank you. I mean, I think there's. Um, I'm sorry. I know. I don't mean to cut you off, Tom. You know, I know there's there's facets of the community who like to focus on what I think is just aggressively the wrong shit. They talk about what's wrong with the game and what's broken with the game, and I think mm-hmm. that's a matter of perspective. You know, well, this is because of, well, don't worry about that. You're the one focused. You're choosing to focus on that. You're choosing to look and take it that direction. Don't take it that direction, then. And it's honestly that simple. I think you're so, I think some people are so busy being upset or looking at what they, they feel needs to be fixed that they don't embrace the really great shit that's there. Yeah. You're, 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 Missing the forest behind the trees. Yes. I 100% agree on that. It's big. (laughs) (laughs) Just stare at me nice. (laughs) You had something to say and got cut off, so. 
Apologies. He didn't sure. even start to say I, I just I wanted to make sure to include anything. him. Anyway. And now he's in a position where he's got to follow what I just said, so I'm right. sorry. No, no, really. I mean, I'm just going to go more of a personal aspect on this. Role pl- I mean, just role-playing in general mm-hmm. for me, just getting into a different mindset, playing something else, being not myself, being able to disconnect from real life. That is That is the biggest draw I had from the start. And then getting more into the lore of this game and how many books there are and just how deep it goes. Just how much knowledge that has been passed forth through all these books. It just breathes such a big picture. And I just fell in love. We love you too, buddy. I didn't say I loved you. Oh. I love Werewolf. Good night, everybody. And the show's over. Yeah. Have a good one. Wah, wah. It's rage across my hurt feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the biggest aspect for me. It's just role playing in general. I could, I, I'm not going to lie. I could be happy playing a lot of other games too. I just, your love for it really drove me into playing this. Well, thank you for that. You know, I mean, I do my best. I'm glad, you know. No, I didn't have the whole thing behind it like you did with the, the animal aspect, werewolf, blah, blah, blah. I didn't grow up with those kind of movies and stuff like that. So supernatural stuff was not really my thing back in the day. Which is which is actually, like, that's really cool. Like, from a, from a personal standpoint, <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's just that much cooler that you we didn't have that, that predilection already coming in. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we just fucking, we, you, you know, we fostered that love from nothing. Pretty much. Fucking hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I did have that, that love for the supernatural, so it was easier for me, but I'm, yeah, it's still the number one in my heart at this point. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) All right. Question two. Yeah. What do we got? Hit me. Uh, It's a two parter. How do you manage to keep your campaign slash chronicle coherent? And then when world building, how do you avoid spending hours preparing material that won't ever get used and still avoid railroading your players? Well, that is like two, almost two separate questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll just so Let, let's take that from the How do you manage to keep your campaign slash chronicle coherent? Okay. Um, well, for me, you know, I, and we've, I've talked about this before. Just, I know I have. I could not tell you in mind work from the back forward and not always work from the back forward. Cause sometimes that can bite you in the ass. It's I true. Eat the guilty, but, <laughs> but, um, you keep a skeleton, you know, um, when you're writing a chronicle, you ideally want to have something, there's something you want to say. There's a lesson you want to, there's, there's themes there. There's a lesson. There's something. It shouldn't just be a bunch of random shit together. That's not a chronicle. That's a bunch of random shit together. It's a bunch of one-offs. Right. Uh, it's just a do, quick story. And you can do no, one-offs. You can run nothing, those, yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong. In fact, it's good when you're starting a chronicle to do a handful of one-offs here and there to establish the world. That, that's important. Sure. Certainly. But you, you do, you want that skeleton, you know, uh, and it, it could be as simple as to start with is a series of bullet points of this is a story and I want this to be this story. I want this to be that story. Oh, this is what this one's going to be about. You know, she's just a sentence and you can build from there and add and subtract as you need. And by having it written down, even, even just in simple bullet point form like that, it makes it a lot easier 
to kind of step back and look at it and see this is where I'm going. This is how we're going to get there. And then at each bullet point, you have a little side nugget that pops into your brain as you're rereading it. Just type it in under it and just keep going until you fish out exactly what you need. Exactly. You know, I mean, those bullet points, though, that skeleton goes into each one of those becomes a story that becomes a script Mm -hmm. eventually. Now, I think, you know, you have a direction you want to take your players. What if they start going the other way? This is not part of the question. This is just me. Well, isn't that the next part of the question? It's kind of the next yeah. question. So I kind of. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, that so is, let's just lead into the next yeah, question. So exactly. when world building, how do you avoid <laughs> spending hours preparing material that won't ever get used and still avoid railroading the players? Practice. I mean, that's, <laughs> there's a level to where that's the answer. No, it's true. But um, also it's uh, be careful with your set pieces. What and why? Um, a great example, and we've brought it up several times, but I like to bring it up, so too fucking bad. <laughs> is it the, makes sense, fine. Is the location of, it, it's Little Red's dry cleaning. Yeah. They launder shit. Yeah. You know, that's that's the kinfolk run, you know, laundry, you know, laundromat, laundry service, you know, dry cleaners, where, where they, um, you come in, you get, you know, a new identity when you're a fresh cub. Maybe you can get the fresh change of clothes if there's an emergency. There's a little... Uh, Medical, yeah, little medical thing, yeah, medical in the back. If you facility. need some bullets taken out or something on the on the on the fly, you know, it's it's a friendly business, <laughs> Daru friendly business, right? You you want a detail because again, this is important world building, something like this. So you introduce it early on is a necessary thing, and you don't spend a meal. You don't have to spend all day there. You make that a 10, 20 minute aside and part of a story. Something, yeah, you have to do. And sometimes those things happen. You know, you have to pay taxes. You have to take a dump every now and then. You got to have a cup of coffee if you want to be even a little bit coherent in the morning, right? <laughs> These are little things that you're not railroading a player. You know, like you got to have to you, you know, take a shower. You're going to have to take a shower. I'm, I'm not railroading a game by saying you have to take a shower. You got to brush your teeth. Or, you know, these is little, you don't have to spend, and again, you don't even have to integrate these. These are silly examples I'm giving right now. But I mean, worth mentioning. But, yeah, because they still add flavor. They still add right. realness. But I again, guess. these are these aren't, you know, these are silly examples for what we're talking about. If you have fresh cubs, you have the NPC, or maybe you send them on their own, depending on how that washes out, to a place like that. So you introduce those characters, you introduce that setting, and then they leave. And you can bring that back as necessary. You know, you don't what you don't want to do is you don't want to overdo temporary locations. You know, something like Little Reds is a recurring location. You guys went there once, you'll go there again. Oh, yeah. Eventually, there will be the necessity for it. Mm -hmm. Or because it's linked to kinfolk, there might be stories that drum up because of it. But if we're talking about, let's say, the bar you want them to go to to get the lead to go to the next thing, don't draw that up. Yeah, don't don't railroad them to that. Just paint the picture of the town. Right. Have a couple sentences in mind in case they do. But you don't make a meal out of that stuff. That, that's that's the thing that, you know, hey, uh, have something in mind from the action movie you saw last week. And you can close your eyes or not. It doesn't really, you know, you can bring that up in your mind and you can just describe that. Don't make a meal out of temporary locations, especially if, yeah, they may not go there. Right. Sentence or two. That I mean, should be, if they have to go there and it's taking them forever to get there, maybe a guy they run into on the street goes, you know, 
hey, you owe me a beer at that bar. It, sometimes you have to guide. Sometimes. I'll just say subtly lead there then. Right. You know, you keep, don't. Yeah, keep it subtle <laughs> if they have to go this, you know, route that you're writing. You don't want to make players do a thing. There, there was a joke example we had. It was, it was a joke game at that point where, you know, you had the characters that go, oh, well, I'm going to this NPC's house. And it's like, oh, well, the uh, there's construction on the sidewalk, so you can't walk there. You can't. And it says, it says keep off grass. So you can't go on the grass. You can't hit the sidewalk. I guess you can't go there. It's like, and they're like, okay, well, we'll just go the other route in the street. Oh, lava. It was a lava slide. <laughs> lava slide. We'll, we'll just have uh, meteors. Meteor shout. It's nuts. Meteors happened. You cannot get to this person's house. And there's a traffic jam, and the dog needs to be walked. And he's just. The and dog, the, only walk, crawler the dog can out. only walk east. And unfortunately. <laughs> You turn that way, you're going to run into a Nexus crawler. Just turn around. There's eight of them, and they're all drinking tea, and I'm not sure why that's relevant, but it's very suspicious. <laughs> we joke. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You definitely don't want to do that, but I, ideally, you know, maybe I am charmed to be able to say this, that I have never really come into a situation where I've had much resistance in terms of where the story was going. I look at the two of you guys, and I don't. You, you've never... When, oh, well, the story seems this way going right, so we're going to go left because fuck it. You guys have always been interested in where the story, where it's going. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's that's a big factor, too, is if your players are engaged in your story, they're going to lean into the story. Right. I was going to say, it's if you're writing it that well, I want to see where it's going. I'm never going against the grain because I'm bored. At that point, you're talking a different thing. That becomes a problem player. Well. Could be. Could be. It's a possibility, but again. I'm just thinking of myself in my D&D times. Right, but you did it because you were bored. Mm-hmm. So that is. I didn't care where the story was going. Right, it was both ways. And, and honestly, I'm glad you guys are saying it because it means more coming out of your mouth than it does mine. I mean, I'm the guy who wrote it. Of course, I think my story is good. You know? Yeah, but. Then, so here, you guys saying it is more important than me saying it. And that's kind of what my, the whole point is, like. If I'm leaning into the story, I'm going with what I think is interesting. If I'm not interested, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm not into the story anymore. Right. And at that point, I'm probably not even saying anything rather than going against the grain. I'm just there. But there are people at that point who are who are going to make their own fun and go, mm-hmm. oh, fuck it, this, is, this sucks. Let's light it on fire. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go hit on the hostess over there. <laughs> I think at that point, your storyteller should be able to recognize that. And make the well. This is the guide to the storyteller. That's what the right. question. I mean, this is all. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is all for new people. So there's a level of you know. Let, yeah, let's, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I just think if the being a hopefully that the storyteller themselves can recognize that and either reel them back in or even maybe talk to them outside a game. Like, hey, if you're not into this, please let me know, and I can you know, judge accordingly from there, whatever the case, just a thought. But like I said, if they start getting that way, you know, give them that little bit of railroad, point them in the direction that you need them to go. Yeah. I think there's, there's a level, there's a difference between going, you can't do that because I said so. And suddenly guiding them to where they need to be or where you need them to be for the sake of a story. Mm -hmm. There's a balancing act and there's a learning curve there. Certainly. It just comes with practice too. Right. Because you know I, mean? I know we've said it many times, we prefer your unscripted games over your scripted games because you off the cuff 
lead into the way we're playing at the time. So it just had to help us breathe more life into it. I don't know. I'm I'm a little half and half on that one. I liked where the story goes, but I think he's still really good at going off the cuff. Well, I'm, I mean, we're talking about me at that point. It's a little mm-hmm. late, it'll be. Uh, and I feel the I mean, same they way. They came with practice, I'm just saying. Right. No, that that's true. You know, I mean, I, I don't show up to a game not knowing where a story is going to go or not having an idea for a story. Right. In the scripting, I make sure I don't forget something I have in mind. And, and additionally, sometimes, you know, so, some of those scripted, uh, the NPC interactions and shit like that, sometimes it's a line I'm particularly fond of that I want to make sure, I'm, you know, so like, I, I get it, though. All right. Pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Ready? Next one. Mm-hmm. Is the overall story intricately mapped out to its final conclusion or do you work on a week by week basis knowing the setting and its inhabitants and just seeing where the players take the story? Well, again, I mean, we were kind of already talking about that. That's a little, little six of one, a half dozen of the other, you know, you have that skeleton you're working off. You have, you have what you want to say. If, if you're doing a larger arc, obviously there are beats you have to hit. There's a conclusion to that arc. You have to get there. It doesn't always show up in the way that you want it to, certainly. And that can be part of the fun also. But there's also room in there to to have stories that can just go anywhere. Again, it's about the mixture. Stories that can go anywhere. Just write yourself little nuggets of anywhere. Like, if you know your players. And that's something, too, is as you get to know your players. Because we got we, we got to keep in mind this is the... The this is the, Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this, this is the, the beginner class that, we're yeah. talking so getting to know your players is paramount to that, too. The idea of anticipating where they're going to go once you know them, and, and you're going to get to know them. So that becomes helpful. <laughs> Took you a while to get me, but you got me finally. Yeah. Which um, is weird, because I think wait, when we started this game, he knew where I would go. Well, He's also known you. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I had just met him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a good example was, uh, was a game in the Virginia years called Diplomacy, and you have mentioned it before where the pack was sent to three, three forms are four specific cairns to go ask for reinforcements for the sept. And the purpose was to showcase different sept life, different tribal seps. Right. That was the point. Yep. And they went to somewhere they shouldn't have gone. But that was the thing is they were told not to come back unsuccessful. <laughs> and so knowing these players, I said, well, they're going to go to like these three extra places that they were not told to go and ask people that they that they have met, NPCs that they have met for help. I fucking knew it. So I scripted those two. <laughs> and lo and behold, they did each and every one of them. Oh, Jesus. They did all th- They did so, all three. So you did, like, you, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, you picked three on purpose, knowing that at least they'd pick one of these three, and they did all three. Yep. <laughs> did they do any of the ones they were supposed to? Oh, no, of course they did. Oh, okay. I mean, they Plus were told extra. specifically, yeah, these were extra places they that went. Was, that was the joke, though, because after the, the three that they went, he forgot to script the fourth one. Oh. They were, yeah, the, I forgot to script forgot the fourth location that. they were supposed to go to. <laughs> I was so busy, you know, being, you know, well, how smart am I? Him and Han over yourself. Yeah. Not even him and Han. Fucking trumpeting how smart I fucking was that I scripted these already. <laughs> huh, I got your number, dicks. I just didn't finish the actual story. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cocky motherfucker right well, there. <laughs> I had to scramble that day. But there it was. You know, there's going to be the point where you're going to anticipate your players and their needs and their wants, and that is very helpful. All right, we ready for the next then? How do you all manage your antagonists? Do you make a full character sheet for them? And do you have any suggestions for stat blocks? Don't cheat. 
Yeah, we always trumpet that. Don't don't worry about the dots. Yeah, that's never never stat. I, I shouldn't. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I never fucking stat my NPCs. Um, if it's like friendly NPCs, they're going to have the stats that I need them to have at whatever fucking time they do. They serve a purpose. Yes. It's not important. Those stats, unless you're in a combat scenario. And if you're in a combat scenario, it's not life or death. You don't need those stats to matter a whole lot. If it is, that's different. But what did you do to make that scenario happen? Right. Why? Why would it be that? Right. Like if you've got the elder to pull a clave on you and try to murder you, then you have fucked something up. (laughs) And you shouldn't need the stats to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Like then there's, there's, I guess there's just repercussions. There's just like a, like a dumbass tax there at that point. Dumbass tax. Because you have fucked something up to be put in that position. Agreed. Yes. Now, but this was about antagonists and this is the weird part. Um, I have a file. Uh, I'm on, I'm on PC. That is uh, has a uh, template stats, weak spiral, medium spiral, strong spiral. Here's this type of bane. Here's that type of bane. Just sample shit. But what the thing? The only stats I have are the ones that are relevant for combat. Okay. It's so dex. It's brawl. Dex, it's melee. melee brawl, it's stamina. Perception. It's okay. strength. Oh, it's not even those. Oh, okay. No, it is those. Those are the ones. No, I'm thinking like uh, perception. Why? I'm thinking, yeah, that's perceptions three. Okay. Perceptions four. It's, it's what you want it to it's be. It's what it needs to be, yeah. You know, obviously it's not all fives, because that's ridiculous. You're not being, you're, the goal isn't to murder these people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, two, three, four, three, four, five, whatever. This one has two. It's, it's fine. But how often are you rolling perception in combat? It's and, true. No, you're right. And that's, once and you it, said it's one those of those, ones. you have the basic stats. And if, you know, the encounters are becoming too easy for them, I'll throw a dot here or there. Exactly. To make it a little more tough. And those stats are just in Krinos. Right. And then if, just in Krinos. If the stats are too much, like you one-hitted somebody, feel free to fluff it. Certainly. But and you don't need more than that. If they have a fetish, if they have a gift or a particular derangement, add that in. You know, this guy's got horns, and the horns are strength plus five damage. Fine. But that's all you need. Anything else is, frankly, a waste of time. Yeah, you'll be there for hours trying to stat your antagonist, and you're not going to use half of what you put down. Right. At least half. Right. So don't. Just get the bare bones that you need. Keep a template so you can print off and adjust on the fly or, you know, as necessary between stories. If it's a, a long-term antagonist, you know, like a recurring villain, really it's kind of the same. Just keep those blocks. If you want to add a couple stats to it here and there, fine. But there is, it's not necessary to fill out sheet. Anything other than player characters. Yeah. No, I can see it. And anything else is is an absolute waste of time. Because, again, why are you putting that much emphasis on something like that that's not going to be used? Yeah. You know, I don't give a rat's ass what Vermillion's computer score is. He's never going to be hacking for you. That's true. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. All right. Then. How do you balance between making the person and making sure the person makes sense in their tribe? Why does the person have to make sense for their tribe? It doesn't is the answer. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, we touched on that a little bit on the uh, tribal application, the tribal applications episode. We did. If you haven't, you should go back and listen to that one. It's a good episode. That's actually one of my favorite ones. (laughs) That said, and we talked about in that episode, sometimes being, against the grain can make for some really interesting role-playing situations and some opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. The pacifist 
that Fenris has claimed doesn't make sense. Right, it doesn't make sense. So Fenris had a plan for this guy. Also, life's a bummer for this guy for a while. Right. <laughs> because either he's going to continue with his pacifism and get no end of shit and get his ass kicked on the daily as a get of Fenris. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the Warriors Warriors, right? Or he's, he's going to break his principles. Or But really what will probably happen is a event will happen. Is his lack of fighting, his, his, I don't want to, I'm going to use, no, his cowardice. I'm going to use the word cowardice because that's how it will be perceived in the nation. Yes. Frankly. We'll get someone killed, which will be a wake up call for the character and in a, a come to Gaia moment, if you will, where it, it can be profound change in a character and in that internal struggle is super interesting because that's the thing is, is you join this tribe, you are going to be, educated in the ways and methods and history of that tribe. It's just character growth. It doesn't mean that every Fianna turns out the same. Of course not. It's not a hive mind. But where you started as a, as a person, as a character, will be changed and molded through your experiences in the nation as a member of a tribe, learning about that tribe, the ways of the tribe, the customs of the tribe. So really, that's that's how it do. You, you, let, it, you let it blend together naturally. I like that. And then, and then we use the the Fenris example. He's got a plan for that one. That's maybe so. He maybe he knew that was coming because tribe is based on what your that totem accepts. Right. It's not about your previous histories. Exactly. No, I, I get it. I like it. Like I said, and that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe Fenris knew this was coming. Well, of course. whatever this event was. Well, I don't. I you know. There's, there's a level to that, but yeah, there's there's a point that yeah, the the totem obviously sees something in a in a character that they accept them into the tribe, and if it's not obvious, then maybe they have a destiny. <laughs> I like that one. That's good. And if you're the storyteller that has that character that's like that coming into your game, write it. It's it's a great tool. It is a great tool. That is that. I'm sure if you had someone coming in like that, you're like, this will be an awesome chronicle. You'll have something around that line of why Fenner did this. Well, um, it's not a one-for-one one example, but um, to to quote a thing that we've talked about in the past, and how about you, honey? Have you made a lot of friends at the Hive? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the amnesia one. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's another good example. That is a great example, yeah. yeah. And for the newer people, because they're probably listening to this one and don't know what that is, <laughs> the character player for that matter, chose the amnesia perk or amnesia flaw and Porter wrote that backstory for him where they went to go find his birth mother and come to find out she was Black Spiral Kinfolk. <laughs> Just, I mean, the quickest version possible there. Well, yeah. I think I said the quickest version possible. He did. But, but again, for those who don't know, because they're blank, no, no, you, you, you spelled it out to this episode. No, you, you <laughs> many friends of the hive, tons. I made a bunch. What are some good places to look to give interested players an idea of how a werewolf game feels and helps convince them to play? Well, um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why aren't they already listening? But uh, let's be a little bit more specific. That's true. Uh, if you are a backer, let them hear some of the postmortems. And if you're not a backer, I will point you to 
We did release the first, first four. Yes, the first four uh, Which, called Into the Breach. December 2021 area? November. November? Because it was... Oh, yeah, it started in November. It finished in December. Yep, because it was four parts every other week. Yep. Danny looked confused that it happened. No, I know it did. It was, oh, okay. <laughs> he took like, the amnesia he, flaw. He looked like... Mm, I'm scratching he's, so it he's doesn't... He's got the amnesia flaw. He forgot. Okay. You can hear yeah. that on the mic, can't you? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Fuck, guys. <laughs> and the issue was scratching. It was the head movement. I was trying to keep You looked light. confused. Christ. So, yes, go back November 2021. Yeah, into the breach part one through four. Those are, the. I mean, uh, those are examples. And they're not actual plays. But also, hey, in the near future, we will also be doing actual plays. This is true. Coming soon. If you haven't heard that episode yet. <laughs> right. Was that last week? Two weeks ago? Don't don't question don't, it. Yeah, don't question that. All right. We have a backlog, folks. We have no idea when what was recorded. <laughs> don't let him fool you. It's all chaos here. It's it was a previous. It's like Scratch and Wild Apple. Studio. All right. <laughs> nice. It's working. And we're happy with it. Embrace the wild. <laughs> so yeah, into the breach. Um, that would be the what you said, uh, November December two thousand one. And if you want more, twenty one. 21. Yes. 2021. And you if you what? want more, the guilty bundle, it's for sale. And that's way better than the Into the Breach. We got better as they went. Oh, and that's that true. really dives into, especially towards the later parts of the guilty bundle, it really dives into our our play style. Yeah. And we, you know, we not only go over what happens in the story, but the thoughts and opinions from a storyteller and player's aspect, you know, the benefit of hindsight. And yeah, as we go there, there's some more. There's some bonuses in yeah, there. Yeah, there's some bonuses in there. We, we do a full read in one of them. So you actually get NPCs communicating. You get you, you get a lot. It's pretty close to a Let's Play. So I like the hindsight part of it because, yeah, it's like, holy shit, we missed this. <laughs> or holy shit, we missed that. Or why did we make that decision? Why didn't we go this way? And, and ideally, it's a valuable tool. I think a lot of our, our members believe so, or at least tell us. So that's that's great. What are your favorite inspiration sources for characters, both player characters and non-playable characters? Well, I guess let's look to you guys first. What do you feel for inspirato for characters, for your player characters? Uh, what, if anything, has, has oh. helped? Well, considering I only made one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, working, working, on I'm working on my second, and that was, I was just kind of letting current music, just stuff I was listening to, just stuff in life at the moment just kind of hit me and just kind of run with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had watched a movie not long ago and it was carnival based and it brought me into, I think that would be an interesting character concept. And that's for your new one though, right? That's for my new one. That's my old one, one was just trying to base it off of me with slight tweaks. Which is pretty common for a first character. Right. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing because for that, for Jaeger. It's so I wouldn't break immersion. Right. So I would be able to easily get into character without trying to break anything without getting frustrated with myself. Cause I'm like, I'm not doing that right on what I wanted that character to go to. No, this character's just me, but being introduced to, Hey, I'm a werewolf. That's fair. Yeah. I agree. It's especially for the first one. It's not easy to base it off of anything because it was supposed to be me. Well, in, in but it that, did evolve. I was going to say, and that, well, that's a lie. And you learned about that firsthand. Yeah, because I was lying to myself. Let's your make that character clear. 
Nowhere near what he started no, off to be. Nowhere near what he turned out to be, and nowhere near you. Mm-hmm. You, I think you super overreached. And, oh, very and, much. And you played beyond your ability to begin with, which, again, is something that can happen. And I think that's a great piece of advice to insert also is if it's your first character, it's okay to to keep it close to the vest, keep it close to what you know, like like Tom did. Yeah, Ghost is not anywhere near where I thought he was going to go. No, he's... His life went on. He grew into what he grew into. It's just into a very different direction. Yes, very different direction that I was taking him. And the same happened with Danny's character. It's just is is that Danny started from a place. His original idea was so far away from what he was. Uh You couldn't relate to that guy at all. No, not today. No way. Well, yeah. Like I remember us having conversations here and there. And it's like you're you're playing a drug dealer from inner city Chicago. (laughs) That's not how you do that. Right. It's. (laughs) You're like, no, he doesn't smoke. I was like, no, he not only no. does he smoke, he smokes Newports. This is what he smokes. Yeah. And he smokes like every hour, every like 10 cigarettes an hour. Right. You haven't, I, I haven't heard you use a curse word in three games. It should be every three words. <laughs> he would be a junkie a little bit because right. most dealers are. You know, like I pull, I remember pulling up a couple examples of, but this is what this guy, this is the guy you wrote. Yeah, this is the, what you and wrote. And not the guy yeah. you're playing. No. But. But that's why we retconned. I mean, we've, right. we we did a little that. retcon, and and the character evolved in any different way, also. Yeah. But I felt it bared mentioning because it's it. There's an important lesson there. Well, if you're gonna use you know something like that, you know, inspiration wise, we look at uh, who was what movie was that? Fuck. I don't know. Give me some context, it, and I will tell you. Uh, the movie you showed me. True romance. True. Thank you. True romance. It was Gary Oldman as Drexel. <laughs> Gary Oldman as Drexel, the drug dealer. The pimp. Who also sold drugs. But. <laughs> I don't know. When I always His see drug dealer. function was pimp. When, yes, I, when I, I always I, see I, drug dealer, I go to Fear and Loathing. So, I mean, that's a great movie. But it, <laughs> it is. But, but that wasn't the inspiration behind what should have been this character. Mm-hmm. So, again, I just. If we're looking at inspiration. We can throw that in there, like as a specific example. Sure, you know, I mean, and when I'm creating NPCs, I'm I'm inspired by all sorts of shit, mm-hmm. music, movies, certain characters, and it, it will just hit you. And I mean, obviously, you don't want to copy a character. No, but you can, but, but you can get ideas. From, yeah, you know, I look at. Um, I mean, even if it is your first character, copy something from a movie. Well, your first character. Yeah. Well, this is the first character. Yes. For these people, what I'm talking, we're talking I'm talking now NPCs. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, you, you definitely, you don't want to steal, but you can be, you know, a, a good amount of influence, certainly. I think I've talked time and time again about The Wire it is um, great inspiration, especially for a city-based chronicle, you know, and I, I have a character there. And sometimes I'll, like, name characters, name NPCs after characters. It helps you remember who that character is. No, I can just do that because my brain works. Oh, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Eh, fucking sputters every now and then. What do you want from me? Sometimes <laughs> the gerbil skips a beat. It's crazy. But no, you know, I, I will name, you know, an homage or, or whatever. Why not, right? Sure. You know, not it's your story, I guess. Directly. But, yeah. but, you know, I'll take this character's last name. You know, Avon Barksdale, I'll make David Barksdale. That's fine. It's a little nod to the, to the wire. It's okay. But, you know, like I, I will base, I have a character that you guys will meet in the upcoming actual play named Hand to Mouth. <laughs> who is a bone gnawer who is based on the character Bubbles in The Wire. 
And so that I'm borrowing a few mannerisms in speech style, for example. Or we look at, is it, is it Dooley? Are you a little bit of Benicio del Toro in there? No, you're thinking of Dempsey. That, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Ouch. <laughs> you're right. I know. You're right. <laughs> it's his NPC, so yeah, you know. Yes, I know. You got a little Benicio del Toro in there. Yeah, a little Benicio, I, yeah. And Benicio is an awesome actor, mm-hmm. but he also only, I don't want to say only has one style of acting, but he's. I, I disagree with that. You know, I'm not it, saying he does, but I'm saying it's it's similar. Most of them are very similar. Well, in my case, the, the with the 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 voice for mm-hmm. Dempsey, yeah, it was basing off of uh, Benicio in The Usual Suspects. <laughs> I love Benicio. So, aside from your NPCs, you've made what three player characters for yourself? Yes. Pick one, and what was your inspiration for it? Um, okay, I'll go with Segment Rainmaker. Okay. In this case, I, I based Segment off a, a part of me because no one's ever one thing. Of course not. So for me, Segment was my wanderlust. Okay. Coming up somewhere in my teenage years. I don't do it. Just, just some. Yeah. 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 It's, it's in the past. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, we got chili in here. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was always someone who, you know, I always loved where I lived. I, I, I mean, I should, I came back. Yes. You know, this is, this is home. And, you know, I, I was always uh, coming up as a very grounded kind of guy. But, you know, there's that part of you that, you know, you just want to take a road trip and see the world or, you know, that, that kind of thing. And so I based it off that part of me, which is why he was a strider. And so, you know, I, I ran off from that, that idea of just being free to pick up and leave. And because you have that freedom to pick up and leave, you maybe mind your P's and Q's a little bit less. Okay. Because you're not going to see these people again. Right. Nope, I like that. Because I can just get up and leave. So if I piss you off, I kind of don't care. But I'm not here to be a dick about it. It's funny hearing this because that's how I'm basing my second character. (laughs) (laughs) And segment was my C. That's really weird, though. Because that's like... On the nuts. <laughs> it wow. makes the most sense with striders. So I know, but it's just because I'd never heard that from you. No, that's yeah, I've never talked about the fact it. that I'm doing that exact thing. You've wow. talked about it on air. You and I have had that conversation. We might have, but yeah. Tom and I, I haven't. I've never talked to Porter about segment. Wow. That's yeah. I'm glad you chose that. That's hilarious. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well then uh, next question. When writing an intro or a demo, what are the key things you try to include to get the players invested to keep them wanting more? Ooh, that's a good question. You guys got something? Oh, I was just saying that's a good question. Okay. I'm curious of your answer. I've got it. Oh, right. So I've got just, something to go first. Well, I don't have much, but I'll just say that the first demo that we ran it was just to see if we would like this game. Again, Tom and I haven't even, well, you role played games before, but like we haven't played werewolf yet. Mm-hmm. So just that intro story. Yeah, it was the savage horror. It was the, the, the speck of hope. It was everything brand new to you. And aren't you even just a little bit interested? What could you do? This is what could happen. I don't remember her intro, so. No, it was the, the quick parter in the middle of the woods where he met the two black spirals. 
I, I don't remember our intro. It was like a bajillion years ago. I mean, it was all dialogue. And, right. Yeah, there I think there was no notes taken. So. <laughs> no notes. I think maybe dice was rolled four times total, kind of thing. We had a. Yeah. I think we had a smidgen of combat. There was this. There was the second demo where we did combat, but I think a great thing to point to is uh, the heart of the forest demo. I am very surprised you're saying this, but okay. I will elaborate. And you won't be surprised. Also because you will have heard it, but you won't be surprised. <laughs> um, I think it's a great example of a demo done wrong. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you know, if you, if you haven't played that Heart of the Forest demo, and I, I say the demo because I have no idea what the actual game is like because of the demo. Right. <laughs> yeah, we never bought it. It was, well, because it was slow. It started Very what slow. I believe was at the start. And didn't go anywhere. Yeah. It spent three hours introducing characters and half showing concepts, but not fully because it was only a demo. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Bored. <laughs> when, you know, you throw in a demo of a video game, for example, and where are you? In the heat of the action. Something is happening. It's a, You want it to be exciting. And I mean, I, I, I want to say interesting, but, you know, there are levels of the Heart of the Force and it could be interesting, too. But nothing happened. You want to grab somebody, start with an explosion or something. Now, <laughs> and I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's I mean, funny, we're not yes, sponsored by but... Michael Bay over here. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the, actually the opposite of sponsored by Michael Bay. But <laughs> Start you, with two lupus fighting. Maybe something that simple. Where they change forms, too. Just, but it's yeah, something just to grab their attention right off the bat. Battle right. Scene, right from Jump Street. Exactly. Something to go, hey, something interesting's going on. A demo is not the time for a slow build. Come straight at them with the height of it. Right. Assume that you only have these two hours, let's say, Mm -hmm. to convince someone that this is a game worth playing. You don't have time for the slow build. Because now you're going to be an hour and a half in, and now something's going to start to happen, but now you don't have time for anything to happen. Right. Push the details up quickly. You know, we talk about, you, you mentioned the demo, the first demo, and that was just dialogue that's in atmosphere. That second demo we did was you guys teaming up with a pack called The Calm to, to get, quote, the data from the top of this high rise that you guys had to infiltrate, if you recall. I remember yes, that I part. Okay, I remember the second one. Yeah, so it was the two of you and Jim Dooley as, uh, you know, the rest of The Calm made a distraction in the lobby so you could sneak up to the high-rise and hack the computer, and what happened is you two had to defend Dooley while he's getting this data. My favorite line was in that, let me get my hacking tool. And he pulled out a hammer. And he pulled out a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) But there it was. It was was an exciting little story. Stuff was going on. You guys had options as to how you wanted to go about things, so you saw the freedom of movement in the game. You had some combat, you had some intrigue, you had a little bit of character work. Just quick, short, and sweet. Yeah, and again, it was something to grab instantly. Right. There was no buildup for that. No, there wasn't. I just threw directly in. You know? Michael Bay explosions, because I'm pretty sure you shattered some of the high-rises windows. That's I, the I, distraction. I believe that happened at a point, yes. Yes. But, I mean, I also started you with, you know, your contacts had told you to meet that this group in a warehouse. Yeah. Apropos of nothing. And that's okay for a demo. For Don't a demo, worry about yeah. the, the lead-in. It's fine. 
for an intro to the game, trying to get someone into it. Absolutely. Yep. Here's an example of a mission. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. When bringing a new player into an already running game, how much backstop do you try to get for them? Assuming a more established pack, not Cubs. Well, at that point, it's not about the pack. It's about the player, the new player. Um, their level of experience is going to dictate how you treat that situation. Right. Um, I was I, just going to say that. Part. Yeah. I, I am adamant that the, the older your Garo, the harder it is to create, especially for new players. Because you have to account for that time. And it's not normal people time. Mm-hmm. It's Garu people time. <laughs> it's, it's GPT. GPT. You know. Oh, no. New acronym for the freaking podcast. <laughs> you know, a year in high school which is where you would be if you didn't have your first change, high school, junior high, whatever, a year in school is not the same as a year in the Garu Nation. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. You, know? you, you make it a year. Ooh, right. You're doing good. You know, and, and I, I think I like you see, you've seen me before. I like to put a, a hat on that every now and then with some of my younger NPCs. You know, a, a case in point, Vidoma Amen is younger than both of your characters. And but she has been in the nation for like four more years than you have. Mm-hmm. She is a hardened veteran and can kick the shit out of both of you. Well, yeah. Her rank proves that. Right. Well, she's a badass. You know, she's like 17 years old. <laughs> and is like battle hardened, like someone who just spent 10 years in Nam. Right. Because <laughs> like, being a guy who sucks, it's hard. It's hard, man. They shoot at you. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, my point here is if it's a brand new player, I would suggest having them start as Cubs. The experience, they they will catch up. You can tweak that to help them catch up stat-wise, and that's fine. Craft a purpose to why this Cub is with this more seasoned group, whether it's a matter of prophecy or there's no one else to take them in or there's a level of fondness or maybe maybe not a family thing, but it's possible to do that. I, I wouldn't. Too much, maybe. It's not a great idea, but it's they're, possible. They're at a forward sept. There's too much shit hitting the fan. We can't get them to another sept. Right. And then we've, over the course of this adventure, we have grown fond of this person. You're staying with our pack. Yep. You know, or your totem, coyote, penguin, Fenris, bear, boar, Owl, whoever. Anybody. Says, nah, this, you keep this one around. I like this one. They're, they're, they're a good fit with you. What's the pack going to do? Say no. You can't. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, owl. Nah. <laughs> nah, that's no. not happening. <laughs> If it's a more experienced player, though, absolutely match them to the experience level. Just make sure that they're accounting in for their backstory. Yep. Make sure they write everything that they've done up to that point. And you don't need... Not, like, every little right, detail. But, but, but you need, you good, need some anecdotes. You need, you need some bullet points. Yes. What set did you come from? Did you have friends there? Have a couple people in mind. Why aren't you with a pack? What are the, what are the big things, like yeah. big bullet points you've done in the nation yep. in the last few years you've been a Garu? Yeah. And That's, the longer you've been a Garu, the more of that shit you need. Yep. Yeah, that's for your experienced player, but I, again, I think it's there's more asking for the. Well, we we gave that too. We, yeah, we gave <laughs> too. But like, and we we talked about before. We had a new player; just circumstances didn't happen. But we were already an established pack, so if that player were to join us, the uh, the power level there. Well, like I already said it. You will ca- that will catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just. Is there a way you would have catched caught it up? Yes, 
Freebie bonus. For the third time. Yes. <laughs> the, the bonus, the bonus stats would have been starting to get thrown out there once she started getting acclimated. Okay. I'm just looking for specifics if you want to throw them out there. Well, all. I mean, if, if that's necessary, I don't, if it's necessary, look, look, Danny, if, if you're running five miles a day, mm-hmm. okay, and Tom has never run in his life, <laughs> and then we put you together in the running thing, he's going to catch up quicker than you did when you started. Because he's keeping pace with you, as gotcha. opposed to you doing this on your own. Right. All right. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. I was just... Well, I just I think it was a little obvious. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because they yeah. have the drive, the push to catch up. We're talking to new people, not stupid people. Yes. You are correct. It's just, I believe in you guys. Oh, <laughs> Love you, too. Uh, you know, you, <laughs> maybe you give a few bonus stats. Certainly. Maybe you give a few more freebie points. Maybe, you know, they just earn the shit quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, Here's like, a couple extra experience, you know, right. something. Stan's going to go from two strength to three strength quicker than you're going to go from four strength to five strength. Right. Not much quicker. <laughs> right. And especially when he's running with the people with four strength. Solid point. All right. Then for players using more of the nomadic tribes, strike, uh, silent striders, stargazers, how do you fit them into a pack or a chronicle that is focused on a single location? Well, you don't focus it on a single location. Yeah, that'd be kind of hard to do. I mean, it, and I, I, I mean, kind of hard. You can do it. You can, and it depends on the length of the chronicle at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that would not be a chronicle if you're locked to a location that I would spend a lot of time with filler. That's true. Also, there's nothing that says you can't have a silent strider or a stargazer. To, to use the examples, stick around for three months at a place or something. Yeah, does that become tricky with the haunted aspect? It can, but you can also give that some fucking leeway for the yeah, sake of the story. Yeah, you cannot lean into that. You're right. the storyteller. But yeah, but ultimately, yeah, as the storyteller, you're the one who decides if a place stays in one, if a chronicle stays in one location. So maybe don't put yourself in that position. I was expecting you to say that. Or, or yeah. lean into... I mean, both are true. Right. <laughs> if you're using the Strider, lean into Noted Messenger. They got to... Screw off for a chapter. Well, and that's useful if you have a player that can't um, commit all the time. Right. But yeah, you know, you can you can have the Chronicle for some reason. They have to leave the location for something. I've done that to you guys during Chronicle set in a specific location. Yes. Just to change the pace. You know, yeah, not just, even being a strider or anything. Yeah, I'm about right. to say, I don't just think for, we've stayed in one spot longer than like two chapters. Well, uh, Shadows and Tall Trees. Okay. <laughs> Once you got in sight, you did not leave. Yeah, we didn't leave. But during the guilty, you did. Yeah. You went out of the city two or three times. And that helped with pacing. Right. I was going to say there, there was always shit to do. Yeah, that was a decision that was made for that reason. I just know current Chronicle that we're going over in the postmortems. We are not in one location long. No, no, you're not. We're everywhere. You guys are busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of things to do. All right. Then, for someone coming from a D&D background... How similar are the two from a play structure perspective? And how would you present that to them? From a structure perspective, it's not that different. I mean, it's different. I mean, what do you mean by this? Like dots, uh, how you're utilizing the dots? Like, I, I'm confused. Well, I, I mean, we're, we, we can't just, ask the person a yeah. question. No, I know. We're we're just, the paper. I'm just saying which way are we going to go with this? Because if it's dots on a sheet and the way they're used, obviously these are different dice. The, the, the way the mechanics work are a little different. But you'd still get the basic aspects of it. Yeah. I mean, it's correct. I'm thinking philosophy at this point. Okay. Well, it's fantasy plus 
Well, it's and this is this has been my experience and the experience of um, anecdotal experience I've heard from other storytellers. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, so mileage may vary. I'm not taking a shot at anyone. But from my experience and the experience of a couple other uh, long-term werewolf STs, or World of Darkness STs, not even werewolf, um, is there's there's a lot of, uh, there's a bit of a learning curve where in, in Dungeons and Dragons, it's it, it's a lot about stats. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a level of dick measuring that's inherent. You know, my broadsword plus 10, well, my broadsword plus 12, fuck off. <laughs> and none of that applies to werewolf. Nope. None of that applies to the world of darkness. It doesn't work that way. It's a much more role-playing focused, character work focused kind of thing. We had, I had a player in, in the Virginia era who came from a D&D background. And the thing I heard out of his mouth more than anything else is, can I buy X in, in Y stat? Can I up my X? Can I up my Y? Can, you know, I need this dot to be more. I need another dot here. I need another dot here. That's it not was, the game anymore. Right. Can I get this gift? I want this gift. Can I get this gift? I want this gift. When can I get this gift? Well, in three ranks, maybe. <laughs> and if you earned it. it. It's not about the the escalation of power. There's five dots, man. That's the pinnacle. Like, if, if, you have, if you have a three in strength, first of all, you're stronger than almost every human before shifting forms. But also, <laughs> you can only get two more upgrades. Calm down. If you get five strength at the end of your fifth story, you are never getting more. You're never getting stronger. You have hit the cap. Enjoy never looking forward to getting stronger. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Slow down. <laughs> and, and again, that can't possibly be everybody, but that's what I have found. And it's a similar, I don't want to say complaint, but complaint that I've heard from uh, other long-term storytellers is that it's, it's hard for some D&D players to get over that hurdle and shift their mentality from the focus of gaining power to sitting back and um, diving into character work. Enjoying the story. Yeah. It's it's story over reward, I suppose. I can agree on that. I 100% agree on that because I'm at that point where with Ghost, I'm like, I don't even want that fifth dot. Like, I don't even want to go get a Grand Clave. I feel like it's just going to ruin the game. It's going to make battle so easy that it's just like I'm invincible. Well, I remember I offered you behind the scenes. I offered uh, you uh, in by proxy your character the um, in a family heirloom mm-hmm. that was supposed to go to a relative instead of your character, but through circumstances presented a situation where that relative would have surrendered that item to you because of decisions you made, and you're like, yeah, I don't even don't do that. Nope, you told me it. I don't even want it. Nope. Don't do it. I'm like, okay. It made sense, but okay. <laughs> See, I'm... He refused a fetish. Which I say is, is good on him because he's allowing the growth. Mm-hmm. Where I'm in the same mentality, but at the same time, I like he's working toward that. I don't want it outside the game. Inside a game, I want nothing more than that. It's the journey at that point is, yes. the, is where you get your fulfillment. Also the difference in player. True. That's true. Also true. No, that's, I think that's fucking Well, that, that was the way it was for me. I, I remember the situation. It's, I want to grow to earn that hammer. Mm-hmm. Not given. Because Ghost has an end goal to retire where his grandfather was. So, and protect those lands with that hammer. <laughs> he wants to earn it. 
Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it makes sense. There you go. <laughs> and that's that's the mentality of that character. Mm-hmm. So, no, I get it. It's, it's good. What are some good intro characters to play in a pack for a brand new player? Characters a little easier to start with mechanically so you can learn the ropes easier. Don't don't play a pre-made. Don't do that. We're just going to stay that straight out. Just don't do a play yeah, pre-made. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it. Don't do not do it. Um, take, look, take, take some story seats from them, maybe. But twist it to your own liking. Here's my thing. You know, you go through any try book. You go through some of these um, book games. You know, you're going to get exam. You're going to get sample packs. Write a passage has here's a pack pre-made. You could just hand these out to people and oh. play those. But that's the thing. You have now robbed your players creativity. Yes. Of, of the ability to create their own character, which will give them a, a personal, you know, they'll have a relationship with that character. You've you've taken that away from them by handing out pre-mades. And then when they're playing that character, it's just cannon fodder. They won't care if it dies. Right. You know? That's a bummer. There's, there, there will be no connection. And I, I don't think that's how you endear someone to the game. You know, by going, here's a character you don't know anything about or you can read a couple paragraphs on and you're just pretending. And you you didn't make that. You weren't create. You didn't express your creativity. Don't do it. So anything that happened in the game, you didn't earn. Yeah, that was the question, though, like intro, just intro to the game kind of characters. Cause well, again, they're, they're, they just wrote them in, so I'm just reading them. So we can't <laughs> I know. Really ask that person. But I'm, just, I'm trying to twist a little bit. So if this is introducing somebody to the game, I don't think a pre-made is bad in that situation because you're only playing for like two hours. Sure, if it's a demo. That's yeah. what I'm saying, like a demo, intro to This is World of Darkness. But see, if you're only doing a demo like that, you, you're not getting really into the character work to a point where that's going to be necessary in the first place. Right. You know, yeah. you, you could, you can do that with sample rolls and just say, you, you can do that without rolling. Shit. I don't need the dice to play this guy. Are you kidding me? No, I could run you guys a whole chronicle without making a single fucking roll. And it would still be perfectly fair to everybody. And then, yeah, you're right. You don't need auspice. You don't need tribe. Not for an intro. Not for a demo. Nope. Well, then maybe we add that to it for the question for a brand new player kind of thing. We've said it on air on several occasions, the easiest. And and I, I got to take that back because it's not even the easiest. The most forgiving to play. It get a Fenris around. I mean, sure, but I wouldn't even worry about that. You know, brand new players, yeah, no need to. Is a, is a first timer. Um, You'll grow into it. Yeah, it's not a big deal. You'll make your mistakes. That's the best way to grow is to make mistakes. And as a storyteller, allow for those players to make some of those mistakes. Allow them some grace time. And I don't mean like an hour. <laughs> I mean like maybe a couple stories for them to get their feet wet, to get comfortable with things, and allow them to make changes based on what they have learned for those first couple. Just That's fair. In the interest, yeah, just in the interest of fairness. So you don't go, no, you have to start over. No, you don't have to start over. It's okay. If you didn't, if that tribe, you've changed your mind, or you didn't like that gift, or you've stated yourself all the fuck wrong, you can fix it. it mm-hmm. it's, it's the first couple of stories. You can fix it because you didn't know when we're learning together, and that's okay. I'm just trying to add to the, the question a little bit because I can see them asking, especially for a brand new player, like, well, I've never played this before. Which tribe should I play or which auspice should I do? Whichever one speaks to you. 
the core book has those little intros, those, I think, two or three pages, you know, on each tribe with the, that awesome fucking art, that Steve Prescott art. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going through it. And other. Yeah, so just look through those. Flip through those at first, and which which art catches your eye first, and then read that. Like, okay, well, what else catches your eye? Read that. It's not a lot of work. You can just kind of read it real quick. You don't have to absorb every word. And if you need to make changes, again, the storyteller should be allowing you to do that. Is a brand new player, is a brand new character. It's okay. You're you're all in this together. We're all on the same side. That's important to know. You know, it was something that when I first got into role playing, I wasn't aware of. Mm. And and I think maybe also we go back to the D&D thing. That might also be a thing, too, is the relationship between storyteller and player. It's not and should not be antagonistic. My goal is to tell a great story, a great series of stories that you guys will remember and experience and feel shit and hold that with you. Ideally for goddamn ever. If I'm doing my job right 10 years from now, you're going to be talking about the guilty. Still do. It's been five already. (laughs) Still talk about it. (laughs) You know, even without the podcast, we'd still probably talk about it. (laughs) Probably. But that's the thing. That's my goal. And ideally your guys' goal is to have that experience. Mm -hmm. So we're all trying to do the same thing. We're just coming at it from different angles. We're all on the same team. You know, like I said, when I got started, I was under the impression that the storyteller's job was to murder me as quickly and efficiently as possible. That's how he won. And that's that sucks. bullshit. That's a bad place to come from. I win. If you guys walk away from the story going, fucking awesome. That's how I win. <laughs> well, that's happened almost every single time. So Right. Oh, well, especially on your damn cliffhangers. Yeah. Or prick. Motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. Every time he closed that screen. All right, then. What books aside from the core and try books do you recommend? And maybe why? Um, I mean, you wouldn't even go as far as tribe. Just get the core. It has the basics of the tribes in there. Yeah, you know, no, definitely the tribe books too. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, except the children guy. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even taking it's, a shot. It's, it's just. It's a bad book. It's just. It's the book itself. Yeah. It's That's not about true. the tribe. Okay. Well, just, actually, you know what? I remember when we went through it. Yes, you are correct. It, it's sorry. Not, that was a while ago. No, when we did that episode. That's very fair. And it's yes, true. that book was rough. Yeah. It's just. It's. It's a bad take. It's a bad presentation. Sorry. Well, I remember one of our older episodes. It was the uh, a new player's perspective kind of thing, and and we did. We we had a list of which books they should get. I couldn't tell you what the list was, but core tribal. But again, we're not counting those. That's already right, that's already so, implicit. Mm-hmm. You want players pl- guide? Players guide three, yep. which specifically is players guide to the Garu. There, mm-hmm. it's called that specifically. It's it's the revised edition. It's the third edition. Same thing. Because again, it right. can get confusing. Right. No, again, I, you know? I know we gave this list before, but it's it's worth mentioning. Book of Auspices. That's a big one. That is yeah. a big one. Um. Any Umbral books you think? I would do probably do Umbra twenty. Okay. There there are sections of it's either Rage Across the World or World of Rage. It's it's the it's the twenty edition. That's the I get them confused. I will never get them right. It's my fault. I accept this. One of these times. Right. But it, someone's if, gonna correct you and you'll always get it right. I, I don't think it'll happen, but no. no, it's not probably not gonna happen. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. So Get on it, Caribdis. What the hell? Don't help. Yeah. 
Seriously. Now Do he's gonna. Help. I'm helping. There's like 12 people during that Amazon episode that tried to tell me about true faith. After, after yeah, I specifically so said, don't, don't do fucking it. do it. And then, yeah. It's the hardcover one. How many of those people were Charybdis? None. Surprisingly. No, no, he did one. No, I was going to do one. I did like five. <laughs> no, I'm talking different people. I oh, know what I'm saying. I did it like five times too. No, um, which, whichever one that is, that uh, has a, a good section about Cairns. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, for some reason, have access to that book, Guardians of the Cairns, this Guardians is a good one. Is um is an excellent substitute. I kind of like that one better for the information provided. They made some changes in twenty that I like disagree with wholeheartedly. Like they turned gatekeeper into a minor sep position. Oh wow! Yeah, huh. I disagree with that. Was it strictly players, not storytellers? Well, I mean, the story- question wise, I'm just talking. Oh. At this point, it doesn't. <laughs> Because, I mean, the if you're a storyteller, then storyteller's good. Yeah, and then in that's that a case, big one. storyteller's revised. It's the storyteller's handbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll say what, I mean, at if that it's point, new it's, players and if it's new storytellers. Either way, this is... After that, it's whatever tickles your fancy. You want all the books. Let's put it that really, way. Really, <laughs> yes, because as we've been doing the podcast and reading everything, every book is great. Uh, while Tom is tickling you, um, you can also check... Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, that's for you. Thanks. Um, there's changing ways. There's some stuff in there that it's, it's maybe not awesome. <laughs> there, there's some changes I'm not a huge fan of that I think are a bit superfluous, but there is some interesting stuff about healing, some neat stuff about totem bonds. I like the stuff with the different forms. Yeah. No, I think that's great. You know, Hispo, Glabro, stuff that doesn't get used as often. Yeah. No, no, I agree. You know, I think uh, in terms of World of 20, it gets into stuff like the the different types of packs and naming them and then changing the names of Alpha and how that pack structure works. That I'm not a fan of. Okay, gotcha. And I mean, I get that with the pack structure in particular, that it's like, oh, well, but that's not how wolves work. Well, that's fine, but we're not playing wolves. We're playing Garu. So you didn't have to change that. <laughs> it just seems like we're, we're changing that for this one book when we have all these other books that go the other way and it just wasn't necessary. But that's that's me. Fair. All right. Then what can cause the first change? Being Garu. All right. Having then, the Garu how- gene. <laughs> <laughs> Which may or may not exist in mm, DNA. Mm. <laughs> just uh, reading the question, guys. And we're just having fun. <laughs> and we're having fun with it. Uh, uh, angry situation. Something that sets you up. Traumatic. Something yeah. traumatic, something stressful. Um, you know, sometimes it's just time. I and mean, here's the thing. Um and this is important to note because I think sometimes people forget it or don't realize if you're playing and we're going to use Hamid is the example here is the easy yes. as we can all relate to being a human being. But if you're playing a Hamid Garu, you're not a human who at one point turns into a werewolf. You were born Garu. You have always been Garu. This change is a natural process that is happening, which is why it happens around the time of puberty. You were supposed to be this from jump street. It was just time for your body to be ready for this to happen. So, yeah, often it's triggered by something violent, something stressful situation, uh, you know, a traumatic moment. Or somebody just really pissed you off with what they said. Right. But but also you're often you're having dreams of running through the forest or whatever. And you're waking up like naked in the woods. So guess what? Or you're waking up in your bed, but your sheets are all shredded and there's like fucking branches in there, too. And your feet are dirty. <laughs> you know, you're it's a natural process. It can happen either way. 
usually because of the nature of the game in the world of darkness, it is a violent traumatic event, but it doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. No. Like it's a short answer, but I mean, there it is. Right. Well, I just, I laugh and I remember the, uh, the video game that 98% got completed, but never happened where <laughs> the kid is, is, it was just the cutscenes, right? Mm-hmm. And Tom, I know you've never seen it still, mm-hmm. That's okay. but it's funny as shit. But the cutscenes it shows his parents were being killed by Fomori, and that was the traumatic experience that made him do the first change. So once he saw that happening, scared, pissed off, whatever the case, and then he kills the Fomori. Hey, look, Agaru. That's yeah, it. He goes, that's, that's goes the game. to hang out with Karen. Muscle tough. And yeah. That, and that's how the game starts. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but again, it, it can be something that basic. Well, again, it can be, I, th- I think it was, I think it was Tom's character. He woke up from his dream of in the being woods. a wolf in the woods and he was in the woods. Naked. Yep. It's that simple. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's exactly how mine went. So almost anything is the answer here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. All right. Then how late can a first change happen in life and how might it affect the new cub? Well, I can't, um, I can't, as far as how it can affect the cub, I can't tell you how to play your character, and I don't know the circumstances of said change. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the year um, could be a fact, you know, when could be a factor, but um, first changes, and again, uh, we're, we're looking at, at uh, Hamid Garu, you know, because there's wolf years and there's Metis years, but a Metis is born, correct? Like, fucking, we're not talking about the Metis right now. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's just a nail on the side. Right. Again, we talk about puberty. So, like, the low end, I mean, you could be, like, an early changer. You could say, I would allow someone as young as 10. I wouldn't feel, I don't know how I'd feel about that character, mm-hmm. like, as a player character, but, you know. It's a possibility. It's a yeah. early, I think. But no, yeah. but that's my point, because yeah. I'm looking at the earliest to, I, I would I would say about 18. Um, that said, there's there's precedent for, for Garu to have changed when they were older, but then you get into to the concept of like lunatics um, and those people are in bad shape because, you know, again, you are always Garu. It just hasn't, you just haven't changed yet. So you're living with that rage and that primal sense and nothing to do about it. Like it's almost like spiritual blue balls. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, you put it that way. Yeah. You know, and so you got that guy who's maybe in his 20s who is kind of crazy because maybe he's hearing whispers from the Umbra or whispers from the spirits that he doesn't understand and can't deal with because he's just been pushing it off for so long. Right. He, he can't, you know, he hasn't, again, spiritual blue balls. He hasn't been able to transform. So you got all that shit pent up and all that rage and you're not okay. So like the older, the worse this is, the worse it's going to be is a safe range for me in my games where I like to have players start out. I'd I, I like to say between 13 and 18 and letting them understand that 18 is on the high end, but we're going to let it go because dude, being a teenager sucked in the first place. Mm. Right. And when you're playing with people who are aggressively not teenagers anymore, it's not the place you want to focus on. Right. The hormonal imbalances as a teenager just, yeah. And you know, we sweep that under the rug when we play, because again, you don't, it's not fun. You know, yeah. No, we focus on the Garu stuff, not the hey, how are you doing stuff. <laughs> All right, we got two more. All right, 
How do you encompass the spiritual aspect of werewolf in a way that makes sense to new players? Slowly? <laughs> it's, no, that's that's a good answer. I mean, I've Gotta always struggled with that. It. Yeah, I guess I'm, I want to look to you two for your answers, I think, because you, you, you guys tell me. I, I always struggled with it, um, but I remember leaning into the NPCs mm-hmm. and asking them questions, or at least trying to. Saying, hey, can you teach me? Because obviously I didn't pick up a book. Because it's a big book to read. Yeah, but this way we get the information in game and it makes sense why we know that information now. Where, yes, there are some things that we should just know. And it should be behind the scenes stuff. And you should know being a Garu in that life. But I get why we did it. Because I I was right there with you. I was doing it too. Mm -hmm. Like slowly, like... What was it, Jonas, teaching how to create element? Something simple as that. Um, speaking to a spirit. Calling for a spirit. Just like the simple things. Yeah, the simple and start slow and ease your way into it. Yeah, and see, I think, I think yeah, that, that easing in, that starting slow, I think that's so important. Because, yeah, there's, there's so much to the Umbra. There's so much to the spiritual aspects of the game. That... If, if you rush things, and this isn't just true of the spiritual aspects, if you rush shit, you will lose interest. Well, stuff's going to fall by the wayside. Could you, they they could won't you, absorb it all. Could, yeah, could you imagine if your guys' first combat and your first, like, umbral journey, not dip first into time. the umbra, but umbral journey, mm-hmm. and your first moot were all in the same story? No, oh, I can't. Oh, God, no. We were, I would have forgotten at least one of those three. I think you would have forgotten two of those three and maybe 75 or maybe 75% of each of the three. That's so Probably much to absorb. Yeah, that's you too get much. shit out of it. Slow is the thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's helpful to write a, a mentor and there should be a mentor type NPC in your local set that can help with spiritual matters. It's a good idea. Even if um, you don't want to keep them around, you know, you can always have them die. People die all the time, <laughs> just like even in life, but also in werewolf. Yeah, just a lot more often in werewolf. <laughs> you know, like more people are dead than alive. Just if you take all the people, most people are dead. So you can kill off an NPC. Shit happens. Right. But that mentor character is, I think, is important. And yet, and, you know, in terms of getting them to really embrace it, it it's all in the delivery and how you present it. Make sure, especially early, everything is majestic and, and larger than life. You use, use the brightest colors to color in that world in the beginning. Emphasize the senses. Yep. You That's know. a big one, too. Good job. And, again, not even just the spirits. I look at um, your guys' first encounter with a child of Gaia Sept. <laughs> I went over the top. You you definitely emphasized. Yes, I emphasized. emphasized. Yeah. To, to leave that impression. And then the next time you went back there, I totally dialed it down and normalized it. Right. But that first impression, let's make that big and bombastic, even if it's a little... Over the top. A little much. Because you want that to stick, and you want people to feel it. It worked. Next one? Next one. Last one? Oh, uh, okay. Last one. Last one. Last question. Uh, this one's worded a little weird, so I'm going to try to fix it. <laughs> I'm sure you can figure out who that was from. Ooh. 
He's gonna fight you. Oh, he's always gonna fight me. He's gonna Tooth lose and nail. historically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he's gonna fight you. <laughs> um, this this Stay seems more directed at you, but do you prepare a story on what inspires you, or do you and your players sit down and talk about what kind of game you would want to have? So as like a first-time storyteller, would you just go off of what inspires you and write it for the characters or sit down with everyone and figure out which way they want to go? Hmm. <laughs> Look, <laughs> um, I know what my answer is, but my answer isn't, I, I don't like the idea. I mean, you, you want to hear what your players have to say, okay? You You want to hear... Because you can get inspired by that kind of stuff. And you, you want everyone to have a good time. So if we're sitting here talking or playing on our phones. Looking at the question. You see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, if you know you sit down with you with your group and, and you hear, well, I want to have some unroll adventures. Or you hear, I, I like a good mystery story. And if that's in your wheelhouse, that's, that's good. And take that shit into consideration. However, there's a limit to that. I, I have a problem with too much, and I'm, for lack of a better term, interference from the fucking peanut gallery. I see it. You yeah. know, th- there's a saying that a, that a camel is a horse designed by a committee. <laughs> and if you're unfamiliar with that, is what it means is when everyone gets their feedback, what it was supposed to be a horse, if everyone gets their say, ends up coming out a camel. This is no longer the thing as was intended. And so, as the storyteller... Don't, don't let them make you write a camel. <laughs> hmm. I, I see it as the storyteller has a story to tell. Well, maybe they don't at the time, though. And so it's a great way to farm ideas is to ask the players. Mm-hmm. But the inmates cannot run the asylum. There's a reason he's the, the storyteller is the storyteller. They're going to tell the story. And I don't, and they shouldn't be compelled to fuck off their vision because Frylock baby wants a mystery or a grand clave and a brand new player. That's a laughable thing. Yes. That answer is no forever. I'm just throwing it, it out there. No, no, but no. Yeah, I mean, the point exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a character creation thing, but yeah, you know, the, you know, well, I want to, I want to fight on big Ben. Well, maybe that will happen and maybe it won't, but it's not going to happen because you said so. If, if it's doable, if it makes sense, certainly, you know, and maybe there's a level of uh, what a prick, you know, to this. I don't know what. But again, you know, I, I go back to a camel is a horse drawn by committee. So, yeah, you want to hear feedback and you want to try to give people what they want, but you shouldn't compromise your vision for it. I was going to say the same thing. Don't change what you want because of everything they want. You know, if you can meet halfway, bonus. If Sure. You can get what you want while giving them what they want. That's the ideal. But you're driving this car, not them. <laughs> yes. Compromises can be at least put into thought. But don't change, as a storyteller, don't change your story to make somebody else happy, especially if it's not making you happy anymore. So we hope that uh, this has been helpful to people. Hey, and any more questions, get on the Discord. All right, get in the Discord. Email us. Yeah, email's way better. Email is way better. 
Yeah, but you get in the Discord, you get multiple storyteller opinions. That's, you get no, that's that's true. I mean, if you're lots looking of for player the, yeah. interaction opinions, so. But if you're looking for us, right? The, the email is email better. Email is better. It's we so answer easy. every email. I do. Yes, yes, you do, and it's so easy to keep track of too. Yes, it, it's much. It's likely we're going to lose your. You're going to lose your question if you go on Discord. It's just, that, there's, there's honesty. That email is. Well, that's rageacrosspodcast at gmail.com. You can find that in the show notes as well. There's a lot of things you can find in the show notes. That's true. That's, our, our YouTube, our Twitter, our Faces books. The book of faces. Our, our, our Ko-Fi, our YouTubes, our everything that's an internet thing of a way to contact people. Is on our show notes. That's how I chose to phrase that, and I stick by it. It's on our show notes, and it's on our own website. Which is rageacrossinternet.com. Now then. <laughs> no, we weren't. Yeah, uh, that is our time for the week, and uh, we want to thank you so much. Uh, you know, on behalf of everyone here at Scratch Wolf Studios, uh, myself, Daniel Tyson, Tommy Dixon, we want to thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. I want you to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, keep your claws sharp, your head in the swivel. We'll see. You. shouldn't you shouldn't have done that